Chapter 7 begins, Torah tells us that God commands Noah to enter the ark. I have seen you as a righteous person in this generation. Noah is described in this verse, and earlier as well, as being a tzaddik. Tzaddik Hayabedorotav, the Torah said earlier, he was a righteous person in his generations. The argument famously is, does that mean that even in this generation he was righteous, or does it mean only in this generation? He was righteous for that generation. But objectively speaking, maybe he wasn't so righteous. But the Torah does call him a tzaddik and a tamim. And furthermore, it said earlier in chapter 6, Et Elohim Noach, Noah walked with God. What is interesting about the story of Noah, and Noah is the person from whom a new world will be created. As the Torah said earlier, Noah Matzachain, Noah found grace in the eyes of God. The word Chain, Chet Nun, and the word Noah, Nun Chet, are acronyms. The Torah plays often with the name Noah. Hope we have the opportunity to see that later. What's interesting is when God instructed Noah to build an ark, I plan to destroy the world. Noah does precisely what God tells him to do. And uh, the Torah said that Noah did that which God commanded. Uh, the verse says, for example, Vayas Noah, the last verse of chapter 6, Noah did all that God had commanded him. And there is no discussion. There's no argument with God, unlike Abraham, for example, later, who when informed about God's plan to potentially destroy Sodom, he argues with God. Over here, we don't find Noah arguing at all. Noah does precisely what God tells him to do. And the question is, in reading the story of Noah in our chapters, is there a sense in which the Torah critiques Noah or not? We do find critiques of Noah in the Jewish tradition, but the question is, when you read this particular chapter, do we find a critique? I find no critique at all. I find quite the opposite. The Torah said more than once that Noah did exactly what God commanded him to do. For example, later in chapter 7, in verse number 15, V'yabaim zachar unikeva mikol basar ba'o kasher tziva oto Elohim they went into the ark as God had commanded them to do. There's a sense that Noah is precisely fulfilling God's command. One way to understand it is the following. God said to Noah in the first verse, God makes it clear, you are the only righteous person. Noah understands that to mean there's no point to... Uh, argue. It's clear. I'm the only righteous person. It's not like the story of Abraham where God said to Abraham I am considering destroying Sodom. And I'm telling you this because I know says God to Abraham in chapter 18 how you command your household to do tzedakah umishpat. Tzedakah umishpat. Righteousness uh, equity so Abraham, hearing God say to Abraham, I'm telling you this because you are concerned with tzedakah and mishpat, picks up the gauntlet and turns to God and says, Hashofei kola aretz lo yaseh mishpat, 
should the judge of the earth, Shofet, not do Mishpat? Perhaps there are 50 righteous, Chamishin Tzadikim. So Abraham's argument with God, prayer argument with God, has to do with God's, one might say, God's invitation. God has said to Abraham, you care about Tzadakal Mishpat? So Abraham says to God, I do care about it, and obviously you're telling me this for that very reason. I see that as an invitation to question your decision. Perhaps there are 50 tzaddikim, perhaps there are 45, 40, 30, 20, and 10. And it revolves around two words, tzaddikim, tzedakah, and God is the shofet, mishpat. Ha-shofet, kol should the judge of the earth not do mishpat. But in the case of Noah, there is no such invitation. In other words, God makes it very clear, there's no discussion, because you're the only tzaddik. You're the only righteous one. In other words, this interpretation suggests that to approach God in prayer requires a kind of invitation. If God makes it clear there's no room for discussion, then you simply accept God's what God determines. One might say in the binding of Isaac, where Abraham does not pray, Abraham understands very well from the very beginning that you can hear it in the tone, you hear it in the voice. We know, when speaking sometimes to another person, when there's room for conversation and when there's no room for conversation. So in the case of Noah, at least when we first encounter Noah, there is not a shred of evidence, there's no sense whatsoever that he's doing anything wrong. That's not to say that in the light of other later texts, in looking back at the Noah story, we're not entitled, through the prism of a different text, to come back to the story and to question whether Noah should have at least raised uh, an objection, at least raised the possibility. But in this particular text, when you first encounter it, there is uh, no sense of that whatsoever. So Noah sets out to build this uh, ark, and he brings his family in, and he brings representative samples of, 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 of creation into the ark to rebuild a new, a, a new world. Noah has found chain in God's eyes. God will build the word through Noah. Noah represents perhaps a link to the past. The, the former world is not totally destroyed, but it's largely recreated through Noah. Now, The Torah said earlier of Noah, this verse, chapter 7, says, In the previous description, though, of Noah in chapter 6, there is called a tzaddik and a tamim, wholehearted one, and a tzaddik, righteous one. Et Noah, he walked with God. Now, the expression to walk with God has appeared earlier in the Torah. It appeared in the description, in chapter 5, in the genealogies, actually, uh, tracing from uh, Adam to Noah. And one of the people is named Hanoch. And Hanoch is the son of Metushelach. Metushelach is the one who lives the longest, most years. And Hanoch, relative to the names on the list, lives only 365 years. The others are 800, 700, 800, 900, 365. Hanoch walked with God. He is no more. 
God has taken him away. It would appear the Torah has contrasted these two different people, Hanoch on one hand and Noah on the other, each of whom is described as walking with God. And the difference seems to be that when it comes to Hanoch, Hanoch, a righteous person, walks with God, and God has determined to take him away from the world. A nenu, he is no more. There are all kinds of fabulous midrashim about what happened to Hanoch. But in the little simple text, God removed him from this world. He's the righteous person who has no place in an immoral society. When it comes to Noah, however, God has a different plan, which is not to simply remove Noah from the world. He is removed temporarily from the world, but actually he is to rebuild the world. And he, as such, he is representing a bridge between the former world and the new world of Noah. The new world of Noah, as we shall see, Noah plays a very central role. That is to say, the human being in this new world will play a central role. He will not simply be uh, God's representative in this world, working the garden, or working outside the garden, but he will be the central character of the world. He will be the central figure. He will be the lawmaker and the law enforcer of the world. So this is a new world, At the same time, it is still connected in some sense to the old.